Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. I am probably over the moon with this particular interview, and I'll tell you why here in just a few minutes, but Paul Fink is our guest today. Welcome, Paul. We're so happy to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jen. Of course, of course. So let me just take a quick second and tell everybody about you, and then we will dive right in. So Paul is known as the Maverick Millionaire. He's one of the foremost authorities in business and personal development today. With over three decades of sales and marketing and entrepreneurship and management, I'll throw that in too. Paul's moved over $20 million in real estate transactions, over $30 million in informational products, and has ran already over 250 live events. And most importantly, Importantly, Paul is my personal coach. And that's why I have him on here. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to learn from the best. I bring the best on and that's what we're going to do. So Paul, again, thank you so much for joining us today and spending time with us, you know, so we can learn a little bit about you and you can embark your wisdom on everyone. I appreciate that. Jen, you are one of my favorite students, if we can say that. And just a pleasure to be here. There's so much that our worlds cross over and so much to empower your audience with that between the two of us here, they're in for a treat. Thank you so much. Yeah. And you know, we, we met just so everybody knows we met on the marketers cruise and our couples, like we kind of fell in love with you, with each other, you know, on the cruise. And I said, well, I have to coach with him. So that's where it all started exactly a year ago today, right? As we're recording this. So Paul, let's get started with you telling us a little bit about your story about you. Cause I, you've got a really fun story that I think you want to share with everyone about your children and your wife. So take it away. We want to hear a little bit about you aside Absolutely. from your resume. I appreciate that. Yes, I've been an entrepreneur for 35 years, which is just over the top. I've never worked for anyone a day in my life. It's always been straight commission sales or I have run my own companies, whether it's distribution companies, coaching companies, real estate companies. And all that sounds really good. Right out of the the shoot, being an entrepreneur and man, I was empowered. I reached the ceiling as so many of us do. And because I was an entrepreneur and I was the leader so early on, I was the one who was supposed to have all the answers. I was the one who was supposed to know the stuff because 22 is my first major company. I had seven salespeople working for me. It was in the medical field, in medical distribution. And so I was supposed to know, only I was still figuring out on my own. And what happened was I hit a ceiling year after year after year. Well, And the ceiling wasn't bad. It was $80,000, $100,000 a year. And I felt like I had reached my pinnacle. I thought I was doing well. And things shifted dramatically for me because along the way, I got married to my sweetheart, my love of my life, and were a little bit proficient in creating children. 
<laughs> and so I have three sets of twins, six children, and all of them came back to back to back. So we had six children under six years old when the last set were born. <laughs> and I don't know whether you've ever attempted to have a household of eight and you're feeding all of them and you're housing all of them and you're and looking to experience life only dramatic difference from having one or two. Mm -hmm. And that turned my financial makeup completely upside down. This wasn't $100,000 wasn't able to cut it anymore. I had to step up my game. I had to create something new. And that's when I really got real with the lessons that I teach, what I coach on, and what I do every single day. Took an entirely different approach, systems, processes to create a magnitude of results that actually would, would take care of a family of eight and then some. And so that's really where my story began, which is now about 20 years ago. And I got involved in real estate, got involved in information marketing, got involved in coaching, and really exploded in the world as a thought leader and an influencer and a coach to really help other entrepreneurs do the, go through the same process. Yeah, I love that. So you had this big defining moment, although it wasn't an actual moment. It was a series of three kids, three sets right. of twins being born, right? It really was a defining moment. And not that you haven't had others because we crash, you know, we all crash through different ceilings and whatnot. But, you know, in that defining moment, why didn't you, or maybe you did, why didn't you just pack it in like everyone else and say, well, I can't risk being an entrepreneur, I've got to go find a real job. You know, I have to find something that that is more secure and stable. And, and then tell us, you know, when you started going in that entrepreneurship, you know, what kind of lessons that you learned, like two or three lessons that you learned as you were doing that is like, you know, whatever it is, whatever that may be. I don't want to suggest the answers. <laughs> really great question. And here's what happened here. One, I was an entrepreneur for already 15, 18 years when my first set were born. Okay. And so... I had already established myself, this is who I am. Like going to work for someone, just rip my skin off, just put me in a place that okay. would have just yeah. destroyed me. However, without the drama around it, it was, okay, so here's who I am. I'm an entrepreneur. Let me keep going in that pathway. Only to get from here to there, what I needed to do was get more information, get more people by my side, learn from other people. And so I started going to seminars. I started grabbing hold of books and tapes and audios and really became entrenched in the study of what it would take to really increase the magnitude. I realized real estate was one of the key ways to build my wealth. And so I got into real estate, started studying real estate at a high level. Well, all that costs some money. <laughs> yeah. And so I started investing in myself thinking, oh, okay. So I invest a thousand here. I invest 5,000 there. All of a sudden the numbers started growing. I started investing 10,000 here, 20,000 there. And I would have incremental increases in my income, just enough to kind of cover what I was investing, but not quite. And over about five year period of time, I ended up investing in myself over $300,000. 
Yeah. Wow. And so many of our audience knows that story where you kind of start going down the rabbit hole and all of a sudden you build this, this ditch that you're looking to get out of. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing because it really drove me to reach my fullest potential. One of the things that I recognize now is I am the same person internally that I was 20 years ago. 30 years ago. I'm the same person. I feel the same internally. However, I don't show up in the same way. And all those components of having six kids, having the responsibility, and then kind of digging that ditch of debt into my world really forced me to grow to be the person I am now, really forced me to develop my skill sets to to leverage everything that I really had inside of me to maximize it. And that's where most people miss the boat is that they never quite step into their own power. And I watch people now from the leverage point of looking at the world from a point of view of already having gone through some paces, gone down the road a little bit. And I look at the people and say, I know you could be doing more. I know you could create so much more. I know you have so much more in you. And yet they get stuck, they get stopped, anxiety, fear, overload, and they don't quite jump the fence. I had the benefit of being forced to jump the fence that I didn't have that kind of luxury of going, yeah, you know what? I'm good with 100,000. For a family of eight, I live in the Northeast and a family of eight, $100,000 is about this inch above poverty. I mean, it just weeks by. Right. So that you don't need food stamps, but you really can't go on vacation. Right. Yeah. And then other right. people go, oh, my gosh, you know, you make 100 grand, you should be taxed higher. And it's like, wait a minute, it's all relative. It's all relative. Right. No yeah. question. Yeah. So that was some major components. And so I learned that to being forced to move, to stretch yourself isn't a bad thing. And that's what I did. And I've learned now, ask for more help, ask for more assistance around you. Mm-hmm. and realize you don't have the answers, nor is anyone expecting you to. And yeah. that's really key. Most of us, um, especially with social media these days, we put out this great performance for social yeah. media, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's perfect. That's Everything's glorious. And yeah. we've got our best face on. And I teach my children and then in turn my students don't believe all that, that in between those snapshots, they are running havoc and recognize that it's okay. You don't have the answers either, that you can reach out and ask for help. And once you know you can reach out for ask, ask for help, when you do, you'll receive it. And when you do ask for help and you receive it, the world is your oyster. You can create anything because there are resources everywhere around you. Yeah. You are an example yeah. and I am an example of, of right. saying oh, I reach out. Questions. That's for sure. I'm I'm definitely asking questions, looking for counsel all the time. So, but I want to step back just a little bit on that because, you know, you dig this big hole and there's lots of people that are listening and they're like, I, I have that hole. I have that hole. But there's a kinetic step, right? <laughs> I can say that because that's the name of my yes. company, Kinetic Spark Consulting, right? There's a kinetic, <laughs> there's something that happens kinetically to move someone to ask questions. So when we step back and say, okay, in advance of asking questions, 
we move back to where was that gnumption that said, I'm not going to roll over and play dead here. I have to take the step. And so when you're talking with people and, and, and this kind of gets back to what you already said is like, this is super key and it frustrates, well, you didn't say it frustrates you, but one of the things I want to know is, you know, what have you learned that you think is just so simple if people would just do it, and it may be that question, you know, to ask questions that's so simple. It's like, gosh, if they could just do it. But if you could answer that in the context of taking that first step movement into the direction you want to go, you had something propelling you, but you could have easily laid over, right? So there has to be something there that makes the person say, I'm not giving up. You know, there's so many ways to answer that question. And one of the key ways that people tend to dismiss is this idea of knowing why you're doing what you're doing, Mm -hmm. knowing that you're doing it for a purpose, that your life has meaning, that what you're pursuing isn't simply to grab the gold ring, that there's, there's something more to it. Otherwise, it's an empty pursuit and any obstacle will cause you to stop. Yeah. And so I had a couple components and a couple layers of why, which is so key in in the process. You've got to do the work in digging deep and finding what it is that really drives you. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you even want to do what you're doing? When you're writing down your goals, are they at a level 10? I talk about a lot. Is are you dedicated? Are you focused to achieve that goal no matter what? Is it one of those things when you're at the the backside of your years and you're looking back over your life, it's you've accomplished the things that you don't want to die without accomplishing. Right. Then it goes another layer deeper as to why do you have those driving forces? For me, it was I recognized and I had some moments in my life to come to the awareness. My father was not the end all to be all of, of dads. And he lived a life of a bunch of lies and a bunch of deceit. He was disloyal to my mother most of my life and never quite stepped up as a man, never quite stepped up as a, a father figure or as a husband. And my parents finally got a divorce after 20 something or 30 something years of of challenge in their marriage. And they finally got a divorce. And I wasn't upset about the divorce. I was like, it should have happened. Right. Finally. (laughs) Finally, it should have. Everybody knew. Yeah. yeah. And it was that he still kept the lies going Hmm. and never quite just released and let go and admitted the challenges of who he was. And as I became a dad, as I became a, a husband, my dedication now is to be the man he never was. Yeah. And that wakes me up every day with a purpose to be the best father, to be the best husband, to be the best business person I can be that leaves a legacy and a role model for my children and for others around me to say, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And so, that keeps me going. And, and that's long past. That goes beyond the money. That goes beyond all oh, of everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it's a far-reaching purpose that you live every day. Yeah, that life, you know, that purpose-driven or purpose-driven life, you know, it's part, right. of, it's part of that as well. Why do you think that so many people don't 
take the time to do this because, you know, for my coaching students, this is the challenge that I have all the time is, you know, I'm always saying, stop speeding up to slow down, start slowing down to speed up. And, you know, it's an androgynous, you know, process like, oh, I just don't think I can do it. And it requires too much thinking. And, you know, I don't know where to start. You had a situation, you know, in your family that you could say, I don't want to be that. My husband had that situation. His father was never around. So he's like a helicopter and then some. (laughs) to be around. And now I don't have that same desire and drive that I have to be at everything they do. Right. And so people will say, oh, you know, he's such a great father. And I'm thinking, am I a great mom? You know, do I have to prove like him? And so I have my own driven reasons. Right. But, but if someone doesn't know where that stems from, how do they dig into that? How, you know, what, how do they start doing? Do they start doing meditation? Do they start journaling? They start asking questions of family members. How do they really, really start that thought process of what is it I do want? Because I don't know. I'm just working. Yes yes and yes. And what I find is that it's an ongoing process. It's not an event. It's a journey. There you go. And so all of those things are important. I did a ton of work with mentors and coaches. And having people on the outside, being able to guide you through that journey, because especially at the beginning step, you don't know what you don't know. You don't see what you can't see. Right. What you're looking to see is beyond your current scope. You have tunnel vision in your world and especially in your immediate relationships. And so very much you are in a black hole looking to see on the far side of it, and it's impossible. So you need people around you to really be your feedback loop, to give you advice and guidance as you go through, especially the beginning stages of that journey. Journaling really helps as well, I find, because you need to have that release. Oh, and by the way, I've got a degree as a clinical psychologist. I know, I was going to That's how I started. Yeah. (laughs) And I studied neurolinguistic programming, got certified in that. And I studied hypnotherapy, got certified in that. And that whole social understanding, social psychology and understanding the human condition is some of the cornerstone of what I teach and what I build on for my own life. And so that journaling, that component of self-reflection of really knowing who you are is something I've been studying for 35 years plus, and it's so key to create that success. And it's probably the number one thing I see people push aside. Yeah, because they're jumping over it. Just, you know, I'll worry about that later. Give me the money. Give me the answer. Give me the tools. Give me the, yeah. Right. And so they jump over it and I did it for years. I knew the stuff, but I didn't apply it in my life. I don't need that. Yeah. I could counsel other people, but reflecting on me, oh, I don't need that. I'm good. I know this stuff. (laughs) And yeah, be careful. Whenever you start believing your own BS, start believing that you know all everything and you have that know-it-all hat on, be warned you're ready for a dip. You're ready for a decline unless you take it off and really get real. Well, you know, I have something that I do that I'm just going to share here too. Part of my daily reflection and and journaling, uh, you know, obviously we write our gratitudes and, you know, kind of where our headspace is or whatever, our physical being, whatever, is that I actually ask myself every day, am I living the advice I gave to 
Susie today and John today and whatever, am I living what I just advised everyone else to do? And I'm challenging myself on that because I caught myself doing something last week. I was like, you know, I'm not doing that. And I was telling them that they should do that. And I forgot about the fact that I wasn't doing that. So I incorporated it, you know, incorporated it into my daily routine, reminding me that I need to be doing what I'm telling everyone else to do. And I think that helps us grow when, yes. and like you said, it's a journey. Yeah, no question. You've got to walk your talk. Yeah. You've got yeah. to, got to, got to. Yeah. And I even go one step further and I utilize all my coaching and training and every time I talk to someone as opportunities to what I call program myself. Yeah. To lay in the foundation work that I want to make sure that is strong. And so, for instance, almost every time on stage or giving a presentation, at some point, I talk about how important it is to be on time. Yes. That I am always on time. I never miss my mark. I never am late for an appointment. I'm never late for a stage performance. That I am always and all weekend long, like if I'm doing a three-day boot camp, I'll, I'll say from in the first 15, 20 minutes, I'll say all weekend long, when I say we're going to start at X amount of time or at X time in the morning and we're going to end at this time, you can count on it. It'll yeah. be on the second. And people look at me like, how can you do that? What if things come up? I said, they never do. Yeah. You manifest it. 15 years now, I have never missed a stage time. Never. Yeah. And I talk a lot. And it's, and I account for that, that I am that dedicated and then program myself to be dedicated and then program myself to walk my talk and make sure that what I say I'm actually living and it manifests into a better world for me, my family, my community, all the people that are watching. And so be that stand, if the, if you will, be yeah. that person that. Yeah. It reminds me of something I learned from a colleague of ours, his CPC rule, which is clues, patterns, and choices. You know, I love that because I actually have a little sticky here in my office, clues, patterns, and choices, because I'm making sure, am I living these things? Are the people I'm working with living these, the people I want to, my colleagues, because I'll get to the point where there's a clue, there's a pattern, and now I have to make a choice. You know, I have to make a choice whether or not this person can continue to wag my tail instead of me wagging my tail, right? And my own tail as well. I love that. So let me ask you, oh, go ahead. Did you have another comment about that? Before we move on, this particular key, so we want to walk our talk. I also look for people that do the same. And so when you're looking to analyze people and, and really judge people, and it's, guess what? Judging people is okay. You need to be doing that. We all do. And when you're looking for joint venture partners, strategic partners, people that, that you want to associate with. Yeah, vendors, everything. They yeah. are going to leave clues. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to tell, are they walking the talk? Are they doing what they say they're going to do? Look yeah. for it. Don't discount it. Yeah. My grandfather taught me ordinary and usual behavior. That was his terms, similar to what you were talking about. What is their usual behavior? Yeah. That behavior will continue in the future. So if you don't like their behavior now, count on it happening in the future. Yeah. You're not going to change it. It's not (laughs) going to change. Yeah. You're not going to change it. Really key. Not only hold yourself accountable, 
watch other people and hold them accountable too. Yeah, I think, and I think that's really important too. Yeah, because I mean, look, wait, who can't remember who said it? Maybe Jim Rohn or who, whoever said, you know, that you're the accumulation of the five people you hang around with. If you continue to hang around with people that show up late, you're going to start showing up late if you're not putting boundaries up you know, right. to, to guide you. So, right. yeah, I love that. So Paul, in, you know, in your life, has there been anything, you know, that has surprised you about this? Other journey? than six kids. <laughs> well, you're over that now. <laughs> right? Other than oh my six gosh. Kids. Yeah, no, but I mean, you know, like during your path, is there anything that has just really surprised you in your life? I guess one of the biggest things that really has come as a great realization I will say is that it doesn't matter how much you grow, that there are still things to learn Mm -hmm. and that everybody. And as we look at celebrities and, and extremely rich people, and we look at all these categories of people that we put them in and to realize that they're just like you and I, that the chit chat in their head, their own insecurities, their own challenges, they're still human. Right. And the more I've stepped out of my own fears and blocks, and I started hanging out with millionaires and billionaires and people that when I first jumped the fence, if you will, and started hanging out with people and you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. I started hanging out with millionaires, multi, multi, multi millionaires and billionaires, and they had insecurities. They had funny chit chat. They had funny challenges. They learned how to bypass them and be productive regardless. It doesn't mean they eliminated them. And it was such a realization like, wow, like I could do that. And so many people, they, as I interview them and coach them, they look to eliminate, oh, well, I still have chit chat in my head. Well, no kidding. The guy over there, he makes $250 million. (laughs) He has the chit chat. I know, I coach him. Right. And so recognize that it's okay, that you don't have to eliminate all these things that you have going on in your head to create the success, to be confident that you can, to have the belief that you can, that we're all made, we're all human. We all have flaws. We all have things going on. It's okay. And I think it's, it really is how you learn how to overcome them. And, you know, and really, I mean, in full transparency, that was something that you helped me with almost the first day. And I did a little more work after that. And now that I've overcome that now, when it creeps back in, I just go, Mm-mm, no, 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 you can't do that. And I very quickly go over it instead of circling the drain, right? And <laughs> going through Right. There's a total difference. I just shut off the water. Right. Shut off the water. Nope. Nope. Right. We're not going there. You know, and I think that's pretty interesting, too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you so much the, for sharing that. One of the key components I just want to add in judging success, the people that are highly successful versus the people that aren't. What I found is the difference between is the speed with which they jump, put that aside and stop circling the drain and yeah. keep moving forward. It's that speed of transition. They still have the same thought. They just transition quicker. Really fast. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm so confident in that now. And it's only been, you know, a handful of months and just like that it's happened. And, you know, I did a meditation to do it and I was like, Oh, I'm I'm not really a meditator, but I did a meditation with someone and it worked. And I told one of my clients about it. I said, you need to go do this meditation. She called and she's like, Oh my gosh, it's working. Right. It's just weird. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of not one of those people, but it guess what? It worked. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of funny. Well, it's actually Mark Victor Hansen's wife, Crystal. That's who she has a meditation. 
invitation. And I mean, it was just incredible. So, so Paul, you know, talking about business, you know, so that was some of your philosophy and whatnot, but talking about business, you know, you help people with internal, external and business models, you know, it's a full package. It's a full circle. You know, there are a lot of coaches that are about creating products and about uh, time management, like well, that's one of my things, but you know, time management, but, but I'm holistic too, but you really, really dig deep into, you know, the internal and external and business model. My question for you is, and, and I totally get the internal because I think it's an inside job. All my life, I've been doing an inside job, you know, at working at myself. Tell us a little bit about the external and what you really mean by saying, you know, you work on the internal, external and, and business model, that external piece. So I talk about three different pillars of our existence. And uh, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you have your business vehicle. And so usually people pick the industry that they're going to be in. All right, so I'm going to be in mortgages. Great. That's a business vehicle. And you can dig deeper as to what the business model is. Are you going to be in commercial or residential? What kind of criteria, what kind of mortgage or funding are you going to do? What's your lane that you're going to drive in? And you'll get really niched in what you deliver and what you service. Then you have your external pillar, which is all the the websites and the marketing funnels and the engagement and podcasts and books and all the different things that you'll use as your tools to deliver or engage with your audience. Then you have the internal, the emotional intelligence, the motivation, Mm -hmm. the drive, the focus of your habits every single day as to what gets you up in the morning and and what your work ethic is. The challenge is that people usually do it in that pattern. They'll go with the business model, decide what vehicle they're in. They'll then do the tools and the strategies and they'll learn everything about all the different tools. Yeah, yeah, looking for the magic bullet. Oh, it's a right. website. It's that marketing funnel. It's yeah. that copy yeah. that's really going to make the difference. And then they'll start looking internally. Yeah. After 35 years of this journey, I will tell you the thing that made me quantum leap, my 10 time fold increase over the shortest period of time happened when I focused internal. Yeah. When I began to realize how I was shunning people, how I was scaring people away, how I wasn't being of integrity, how I wasn't motivated or driven, how I wasn't consistent with my behavior, all those things had nothing to do with what I said. And I learned scripting from the best. I was doing cold calling midtown Manhattan when I was right out of college. I mean, I knew how to do it and still couldn't jump past that that six-figure mentality. Yeah. It wasn't until I got clear with what was going on internally, that emotional intelligence that jumped the fence and went tenfold. And so I encourage people, let's go back to the internal first, because then I can pick up all the tools. I can go to any industry and create millions. It doesn't matter the vehicle as much. Right. Because everything follows from your internal congruency. Yeah. You know, because when you have clarity, you know what tools to pick up. <laughs> right. right. You don't have to pick up everything. You'll be more advised and more clear about, you know, that part of it. You also yeah, have- know, like when you get to your business model, like how to find resources, who to ask, more open to collaborative work. So it's so easy to oh, I want an industry. I step in, I grab hold of some of the best people in the industry and we get going. Right. This isn't rocket science. Other people have already figured it out. 
Yeah, I love that. So I want to transition as we're sort of ending our time together, but is, you know, we go into that. So you've had lots and lots of success in your life and continue to have that success. What now is your passion outside of business in the community to be a market influencer, to serve the community globally? What are some of your passions that you have now? So there's a couple. One is, of course, to continue what I'm doing. I've been now coaching for 15 years. This is what I love to do. And I coach entrepreneurs, really how to find the rest of their passion, the rest of their story and their real purpose so that they can create abundance for themselves, their family, their community. You design a bunch of, you know, thousands of millions of hubs of entrepreneurs creating just magic in their own community you've got a world that works. Yeah. So absolutely helping people inspire to their greatness that's within them. The second passion, and we're starting foundation actually around this, which you may be some of the first people to be hearing about this, is we're starting a foundation for educating the children. Because one of the biggest challenges, my six children are my guinea pigs, if you will. (laughs) I tested everything out on them, and now they're 19, 20, and 25. And from all I can tell, have proven the test of time. They're amazing humans. And so now it's a matter of taking that same training and bringing it to the younger generations and really making sure that they know how to find their purpose and passion early on in their life, know how to have emotional intelligence and engagement with the world so that they can really grow to be their best and their fullest. So we're designing all of this material and all this information to be able to be utilized at the ground level, if you will. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you know, you know, going forward, I mean, we have five generations that are working together now for the first time ever in history. And you know that everybody has different goals and attributes and, and experiences. And the younger generation, you know, is looking to be an entrepreneur. They are definitely in the entrepreneurial space. So what better way to educate them than to someone who's already gone through it and I know some of your kids are doing that too. You had mentioned that they're starting some businesses and and my kids are entrepreneurs. I think they mimic what they see, right? Yeah, so I think that's great because they're gonna need a lot of guidance and the guidance that they're perhaps getting these days is from someone who's a baby boomer or older Gen Xer who says, go to school, get a job, get this, right? The myth of, of America that we know doesn't work. Yeah, And that working for somebody for 40, 50 years, graduating or retiring with a pension. And a watch. Not the answer. Yeah. A pension and a watch and and go work at Best Buy. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And so there's better alternatives. And really teach them how to have the power to do whatever they want. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, I want to ask you a couple other just off the cuff kind of questions. I don't do this all the time, but I want to ask you some questions. You're going to be floored when you hear some of these, but oh boy, growing up, what was your favorite TV show as a kid? Growing up. Wow. That brings me back. Way back. I will say in my later, like my twenties or yeah. my teens, it was probably Star Trek, MASH, those kind of dramas and, and kind of quirky dramas. Yeah. And it tells me sort of your generation, which I I know anyway, but, you know, it just kind of tells me, yeah, the generation because, you know, mine was Mr. Rogers. I mean, (laughs) Mr. Rogers was my man. That's when I was growing up. That's that's what it was, uh, Mr. Rogers. And, you know, MTV, when I was in college, my first year in college, I worked the 
graveyard shift at the front desk as part of my scholarship program. And this thing MTV was on the television. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, it was crazy. And I saw Devo, you know, whip it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, wait, wait. And there's one other, of course, that you mentioned Mr. Rogers. It's Saturday Night Live. And it's Eddie Murphy playing Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Neil <laughs> yes. and the conversation there. Yeah, that was good, too. Yeah, that was definitely good. Okay, so as a child, I'm going to ask you the second one, and then I'm not going to ask you any more about that. But what was your favorite board game? Oh, Monopoly, Risk. And taking one step further, there's a game called Rail Baron that no one knows that I just found. And I actually bought it this Christmas, a used one because it's not made anymore for my children because one of my favorite games as a teenager. Rail Baron. I got I kind of get what it's about. Of course, you'd have risk. Of course, you'd have Monopoly. I mean, it was all written it's, in, you know. It's all about strategic play. Yeah. And yeah. one of the ways I approach business and life, it's all about strategy and strategic play. Yeah. That you take yourself too seriously. You take this whole thing about business too seriously. For me, you're going to be doomed. Yeah. It is about play. Treat it like Monopoly money. You're going to be A-OK. Yeah, I love that. Have you ever heard of Pit? No. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pit. Pit. A, a card game? Yeah, it's a card game with a bell. It's a stock market kind of game, Wall Street. And, and the idea is kind of like Mother, when we were mother May I, but mer, the mermaid mother or whatever it is, you know, do you, you're trying to accumulate all the same suit. Right. And so what you're doing is you're trying to accumulate wheat or corn or barley or whatever. And we have a bull and we have a bear, right? And so the bear is bad news if you're left with the bear. If you get the bull, it's a wild card. And literally you stand around and you ding the bell and the stock market opens and everyone starts trading. That's you know, awesome. Somebody wins and everybody gets it, up. Set. Is it still around? Oh, yeah. And we couldn't find it for so long. We finally found it. And so we gobbled up a bunch and everybody has it at their house now. It's kind of fun. Well, that's <laughs> it's not as strategic. Well, it kind of is, but it's just more fun. And we're stressed when fun. it happens. And it's pretty cool. So, Paul, the last question I want to ask you is, what do you think is your number one best God-given gift? Being able to see through the BS. Being able to weed through it and then clarify where, what that logic pattern is to help other people see the forest through the trees, to be able to actually see what's going on versus what our mind or our world envisions we're supposed to see. Wow, that's a really good skill, a skill to be able to, you know, really see that from people. Because one would think, oh, you're a medium, <laughs> but it's not that. It's just being able to see you know, very clearly what others can't see. Yeah, I really admire that. I really I call myself that. a maverick because I've always kind of looked at the world with this obvious intent that, well, of course. And then I realized as I communicated it that other people didn't see the same thing. Yeah. One of my first businesses I creative, I, I created out of thin air that I'm like, well, there were all these other people around me. How come they didn't do the same thing? This was like easy money. And it wasn't until later that I realized they just did not see it. Whereas for me, it was an obvious. Yeah. And I was in my 20s. 
Well, and that's powerful because that's taken you exactly where you are today. I mean, it's really yeah, guided you and yeah, and it guides the people that you're helping like me and it's so appreciated, just unbelievably appreciated. So Paul, if someone wants to get in touch with you, we know, I know one of the gifts that you have is you do a sneak peek one yeah. day event. And so we have the link for that, for people to go to that. If you want to learn more about Paul and you want to step into his community, my community, you know, where we're all hanging out and learn more from him and, you know, think about or consider his programs, consider working with him as well. How else could you, would you want someone to connect with you? So one, without brushing that aside, one full day, it is absolutely, it's totally my free gift. We do it fairly often. Right now we're doing it once a month. We may be slowing that down a little bit, but we're doing it at least once a month now. Yeah. So take advantage. It is amazing. Then I also, and what I wanted to do for you and for all the people that are here is give a consult for them. They want to talk to me one-on-one. It's one of the ways that you and I first connected. Yeah. And so I wanted to give that to all your uh, group here. If they go to maverickoffer.com, maverickoffer.com, and on there, they're entering their email address, their phone, their name. They're instantly going to be brought to my calendar. They're going to be able to book an appointment and really get clear. I'll give them a significant amount of time. Usually we have half hour to an hour appointments and we'll definitely dig deep as to what their purpose, what's their goals, where are they going and how I can, what kind of advice I can give to them. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And believe me, that is a big, big gift because Paul doesn't have a lot of time. <laughs> so that is a big, big gift. So take him up on, on that offer and, you know, learn, learn from a great master. So I want to say thank you. I almost called you Maverick. <laughs> if you saw my mouth, my mouth went. A lot of people do. Don't worry. Maverick. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but Paul, I just want to say thank you again so much for coming here today and sharing your story with us and, you know, helping us figure out how we're going to break through these glass ceilings that we have on our way from success to significance and everything in between. It's just been an absolute pleasure and I'm so grateful and appreciate you so much. It is my pleasure. Really glad we're able to put this together. Paul Fink, the Maverick Millionaire, come find me, come work with us. We're just waiting for you. So thank you so much, Jen. Yes, we are. You're welcome. All right. We'll catch you next time on Success to Significance. And please don't forget, write a review and give us a great rating. And anytime that you want to have a specific person on the show or you have a story about breaking through some type of glass ceiling, please don't forget to connect with us at support at kineticsparkconsulting.com. That's support at kineticsparkconsulting.com. And let's have a chit chat about that. And I look forward to catching you on the next episode. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.